the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. This is letting us know what we already know, that people were coming into town in massive amounts. And I need you to keep that picture in your head for everything that is going on. When we see the movies and we see things, we see the town with the townspeople. They add the extra characters and the townspeople into the movies and you see them moving about as if it was their everyday lives. That is not accurate, okay? The t it would be like if, if in Nicholasville for a week, Everyone from Lexington, Winchester, Lancaster, Danville, Harrodsburg, and Versailles all came into our city limits and stayed here. All of them in our city limits and stayed here. There is massive millions of people in the area and they're coming together, all right, for, for the feast and, and for the Passover, all right? The chief priest and teachers of the law were looking for some ways to get rid of Jesus. So now there is collaboration. There is, we have been fed up. We've sent people to trick him. We've tried to trick him. While he was in other cities, the Pharisees and Sadducees and religious leaders of those towns would try to trick him. All of the religious right has tried to trick him. It's not working. The people love him. And if we try to do anything now, the mob is going to take us out. But we have to figure out a way. So they're in the backwoods, and I just, you know, long little beady noses and beady eyes and crouched over. Oh, he's ruining our church things, and we're going to get him. <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing. And there's tons of people. And then one of the strangest, one of the most interesting, one of the most heart-wrenching. Then Satan entered Judas. called Iscariot, one of the 12. Man, there's a lot there. Man, there's a lot there. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the 12. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them, had a conversation with them, how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. He watched for an opportunity to hand them over to Jesus when no crowd was present. All right, in this six short verses... There's a massive amount of information. There's a massive amount of, of questions. There's a massive amount of, of theology to, to be discussed. And, and, and it is a lot, right? It is a lot. So we know that, that it is the religious folks. We know that it is the church people who wanted to get rid of Jesus. We know that the greatest betrayal, listen, the greatest betrayal of all time is not when Patino left UK to go to New York and then went back to Louisville. Not it. It's not when LeBron James left Cleveland for Miami or left Miami to go back to Cleveland. 
It's not, all right? It, 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 there are so Benedict Arnold, who betrayed the armies of the United States, not literally, figuratively, emotionally, the single greatest betrayal in the history of mankind is right here. Right here. A man chosen by God. A man who walked with God. A man who ate and drank and sat and talked and walked with God. A man who spent morning, noon, and night with God. A man invested in by Jesus and his brothers to be the keeper of the treasury. And, and one of the first questions that come to mind is, if you spend that much time with Jesus, if you've been that close to Jesus, if you've watched the miracles of Jesus, if you've seen the dead come to life, if you've seen the blind see, if you've seen the lame walk, how in the name of sweet baby Jesus do you betray him? Not a hard question. Since most of us have done it too. Walked with God, talked with God, seen him do amazing things, watched him pour his grace out on us, and then turn around and do exactly the opposite of what we know he wants us to do. So that part we can figure. We don't want to figure it. You don't want to think through it. You don't want the story to be about you. But guess what? Well... I blame Satan. Satan entered Judas. Judas had nothing to do with it. Bull. Bull, 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 bull. This is accomplice if accomplice ever was. All Satan had to do was whisper. All Satan had to do was hint. Remember, back when Jesus was in the desert, Satan came to Jesus too. And at that point in time, was actually trying to stop this moment. Oh, you don't, you don't have to do what Jesus says do. You don't have to suffer. Man, I know you're hungry, but you, you are the son of God. You don't have to suffer and be hungry. Those rocks, you can make them bread just like that. You don't have to be the lowest. You can be the highest. Command it and the angels will come after you. Death, you don't have to give it. You jump and they will save you. Listen, you hear the whispers of Satan's intentions all the way back there. Don't do what God has planned for you to do. See, if Jesus does what God plans, Satan gets defeated. He even tried to trick Peter. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. He even tried to trick Peter. Remember? The temple must be destroyed. It will be torn down and be rebuilt 
And, and Peter says, no, 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 Jesus. No, 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 Jesus. None of those things are going to happen to you while I'm here. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Right there. Satan whispered, the plan needs to go away. Peter says, da, 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 da. even with the best of intentions, we do things all the time that are good things, but not God things. Which leads us to, if we're going to blame Satan, what was his part in all this? I mean, didn't he, didn't he want Jesus to die or did he not want Jesus to die? And, and, and he had already gone against God and he's going to lose. So how do we reconcile whether or not it is Jesus or whether or not it is Satan or whether or not it is Judas or whether or not it is God? Wait, what? When, when, when Satan wanted to go after Job, what had to happen? He had to ask for permission. And the message from heaven back to earth was permission granted. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I think as a believer I can live with the fact that Judas pulled the trigger, right? We can live with that and we can point our finger at him. Even better for us if we know that we're also Judas, if we can blame Satan for the problem. Hey, Satan did this through me. I had nothing to do with it. But it's a lie, it's a cheat, it's a cop-out, and it's just untrue. What Satan will do and what you have to understand is he knows exactly where to hit you. He knows where your Achilles heel is. And one of the most important things that you can learn from this message is you have weakness even in the strength that God provides. Every single one of us has one or multiple things that are our Achilles heel. All right? I know what my things are. I'm sure there are more, but I know what they are. And if you've been here any time over the last nine years, you ought to be able to say what mine are. I've said them over and over and over again. But you don't need to know what mine are as much as you need to know what yours are. And Satan knew what Judas's was. So even after years of teaching, even after years of preaching, we know that even while he was in Jesus' company, Jesus called him a thief. We know that even though Jesus put him in charge of the money, it was a part of the plan because Judas got upset when people weren't giving all that they were supposed to. It had nothing to do with whether or not he had enough money for the ministry of God. He was taking a till off the top. And when the money went down, his take went down. He was greedy and a lover of money. So how do the Pharisees, how do the religious people get him to cooperate? What is it going to take for him to turn his back on Jesus? Huh. And Judas went to the chief priest. They didn't have to go get him. All the mole came to them. And the officers of the temple guard discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him Prostitutes, power, 
kingship, governorship? Nope, money. Agreed to give him money. Now, Judas had a part. Satan had a part. But listen to me. God had a part. And this is the part that's hard. This is the part that's difficult. Every one of us struggles with the reality that good things happen to bad people, right? With why does God allow war? Why does God allow hate? Why does God allow? This is a question that will permeate and, 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 and exacerbate our, 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 our spirituality for all time. But you need to understand something. As awful as it sounds, God had a plan. And John Piper says it was not just the plan of God, listen, but it was also the hand of God. Not just the plan of God, but the hand of God. Listen. I'm going to read a set of verses for you, all right? Um, as for you, you were dead in your transgression and sins, okay? So as humans, as people with an Adamic nature, the nature of Adam, right, at the fall, we are faulty by nature. We are sinners by birth. Our human, our flesh, as the Bible calls it, is filled with sin. And that sin brings darkness, evil, hate, death, Upon us, And we used to, if you are a believer, used to live when you followed the ways of the world. Listen, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now in work with those who are disobedient. Satan comes after those who still waller, who still near, who still consort with, who still linger around those things which are bad for them. Satan is waiting and watching for the people who tiptoe near the line. I don't have a drinking problem. I don't have a drug problem. I don't have a sex problem. But Hooters is fine. I don't have a sexuality problem. But rated R movies and beyond, they're fine. Because there's nobody really there. They're not. When, you, when you begin to make excuses, Satan giggles. And he goes, I know you're calling yourself his, but you just opened the door wide. And I have zero issue whispering into it. Sometimes I'll even yell, you just make it that easy. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were, we were by nature deserving of wrath. All right? But listen to this in Acts. Indeed, Herod and Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom 
you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand. Power, hand of God, will, plan of God. Let me read it again. They, Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. It's difficult to stand in church and preach that the death of Jesus Christ did flow through Judas, can be blamed on Satan, but at its root is planned and played out by the hand of God himself. And that is hard to grasp. And it is hard to understand. And it is hard to say, because if you stop there, nobody wants to be a part of this God thing. Nobody wants to be a part of this Jesus thing. Nobody wants, we need love, sunshine, joy, happy, grace, mercy. <coughs> but getting there is ugly. When God gave us the choice, getting there became ugly. When we chose wrong, getting there got uglier. When he set out the plan for his son, it got even uglier. Romans, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and condemned sin in the flesh. I knew what it would look like. I knew how ugly it would get. And I was willing to send my one and only son to take all of that ugliness onto himself and die to be a freedom releaser. How do I know? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us because it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. But he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. It was in the plan. It was ugly. It was gross. It was negligent at times, but it was a part of the plan to do one thing and one thing only. Take the greatest creation that was ever made, that walked with God and talked with God and was one with God, that got separated from God and bring that prize home. His plan played out now glorifies and magnifies the King of kings and the Lord of lords in a way that is unfathomable to humankind on this earth. The grace found within the horrible story is what makes God so good. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And through all of that, Whosoever believes. What's it cost? Whosoever believes. What's the sacrifice? Whosoever believes shall be saved. Can't be that simple. Oh, there's nothing simple about it, but it can be that clear. It can be that true. Because the horrifying truth 
becomes the glorifying truth. And God will accomplish his plan by his hand because he loves you. Nothing more, nothing less. And so he consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over when there's no crowd present. Church, be very, very careful about the last few words. Do you want to know if you are a prayer? Do you pray when there's no crowd present? Do you want to know if you've overcome your sexual desire problems? Do you have computer screen problems when there is no crowd present? Do you want to know if your faithfulness to your spouse is strong? Do the thoughts that run through your mind run through your mind with no crowd present? Do you want to know if you are a giver or a server or a delighter in the Lord? Do you give, serve, and delight in the Lord when no one sees? It's easy to follow the crowd. Much harder when there's no crowd present. There's some deep theology in those words. <clears throat> when, when there's the story of, 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 of the, the demonic man in the region of the Gerasenes, and Jesus steps on the land, and all of the demons inside this man feel, literally feel his presence. And he comes running out of what they call the, the catacombs. All of these demons, all of these uh, 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 awful things from, from, from Satan, from the devil, or have, have, have captivated this man. And it's no, no, no secret, it's no, no random happenstance that he is in a cemetery. Satan whispers where the dead reign. Let me say it again. Satan whispers where the dead reign. Now, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. We have new life in Christ, right? But what happens is we lean away from our salvation. We lean away from our Savior. We inch away from what we have become and back toward, this is what Paul preaches against all through Romans, we eke back toward what we once were. Well, what you once were is dead. They put dead people in tombs. When you get near the tombs, when you get near the spiritual cemeteries, Satan comes in. There is a reason. Listen, they're not right. But there is a reason churches in the 19, 18th century, 19th century had those rules. Hey, just don't drink at all. Just don't smoke at all. Just don't chew at all. Just don't have sex at all. Just don't wear anything at all. There's a reason they did that. If you can't get near it, you can't uh, uh, fall into it, right? See, the problem is that's not what Jesus said. That's called legalism. And we end up following all the rules and we don't know the person. At the same time, the opposite of that is I'll do everything I want because God will save me. No, that's license. Well, how do I stay in the middle? 
find Jesus and stay there. Find Jesus and stay there. Lean this way, Satan's gonna tempt you. Lean this way, you're going to tempt you. Craig, what do you mean? The greatest single problem you're going to have is yourself and the authority that you think you know. Every time you get something right, you're a little better at it, you try harder within your own power. Guess what? Your power is void without him. But if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear what? Much fruit, just don't get cocky. That fruit ain't yours. Church digest this today. The greatest thing Jesus ever did, the greatest plan God ever laid out was the hardest thing Jesus ever did and the hardest plan God ever played out. And Satan made the most of it when he entered Judas, one of his best friends, one of his closest allies. And the betrayal, you've experienced betrayal. You, I have talked, especially, sorry to you women who have been betrayed by friends, betrayed by spouses, betrayed by families. And there is not a deeper hurt. Jesus understands in a way you can't even fathom. He shows grace, even in our failures. And we must learn to do the same because we're all sinners. And I know, I know, I'm not as much of a sinner as that person. I know, but I'm not as much of a sinner as that person. Well, at least I do, at least I, at le oh, stop. For all have sinned and all fall short, and we're all trying to do this together. You need me, I need you, we need Jesus. Hold hands, walk the road, stay where he is. Chew, think, meditate, let's pray. God, I. I, I pray that your Holy Spirit um, um, moves in and works through all of the muddle uh, in the theology here and in who we understand God to be here and who we understand Jesus to be here. I hope that, that you move through all of the distractions and, 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 and all of the motions. And, and God, I hope that, that even one, even one believer in this place who is just overwhelmed and empowered by the message of your scriptures that, that they, they, they can change the world. Just one. They can change the world with the power, the grace, the love, the hand, the plan of God. Do that through somebody here at NBC. Make us open. In Jesus' name, amen.